You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shabbat Shalom. I wanted to talk a little bit about our Torah portion this weekend, which is an extraordinary uh, and famous Torah portion that uh, Max is going to talk about a little bit tomorrow, uh, so I don't want to give any spoilers, but the Torah portion is the story of Noah and the flood. And there's a great story that uh, I learned from uh, Rabbi Ed Feinstein, my teacher uh, at Valley Beth Shalom in uh, Los Angeles, or Encino, I guess we should say, uh, uh, about this Torah portion. I wanted to share it with you tonight. So the story goes like this. When God created the world, God created every animal, every species, leminehu, according to its kind. And when God created human beings, God created them special, distinct from all the other animals. God uniquely created human beings with free will, the freedom to choose. Which means that a dog will always be a dog and a cat will always be a cat. But a human being has the potential to choose to become something more than just another animal, another link in the food chain, uh, another part of the animal kingdom. We have the potential to elevate ourselves, to act differently, to act on a higher plane than we are. And it was God's hope by doing this, by creating human beings with free will, that human beings would choose to partner with God in continuing the important work of creation, of creating a more just world, creating a more compassionate world, creating a more peaceful world. But within a few generations after the creation of humanity, God realized that this was not to be. And human beings had actually used that freedom, that free will, that freedom of choice that they had been created with, and had used it to create a society of lawlessness and violence and injustice. God looked at this world, God looked at what human beings had done with the freedom that God had given them to choose, And looking at this world, God said the only possible way forward is to destroy everything, to wipe out the entire world. But then God thought about it a little bit more and noticed that there was one person, one human being who lived at the time who seemed at least to be better than his neighbors, to be better than his peers. Someone who valued a life of goodness, who valued acts of justice, who valued acts of righteousness. And so God determined not to destroy the whole world, but to destroy most of the world, but to save this man and his family and, of course, all the animals who were innocent bystanders in the drama of human destruction. So God commanded this man Noah to build an ark, as we all know. Noah obliges, builds an ark, fills it, fills it with all of the animals on the earth. And as the flood comes, the ark starts to set sail, as it were, and Noah is deep in the hold of the ship, poring over maps, trying to figure out how he's going to weather the storm in this massive ark that he constructed. When all of a sudden, one of Noah's sons comes running in and says, Abba, Abba, you got to come quick. Something terrible is happening. Noah says, what's happening? What's going on? Abba, the lion is about to eat the sheep. you got to stop him. So Noah runs to where the lions are residing, and sure enough, there's a lion about to sit down for lunch to snack on one of the sheep on the ark. And so Noah goes to the lion and says, please, please, don't eat that sheep. And the lion says, what do you mean, don't eat that sheep? I'm a lion. I eat sheep every day for lunch. That's what I do. 
And Noah says, I know, but if you eat that sheep, then the earth will have no more sheep. And I've been charged with preserving the sheep so that after the flood, there will continue to be sheep on the face of the earth, just as there will be lions. So please, eat something else. The lion says, well, I'm a carnivore. What should I eat? And Noah says, how about some straw? And the lion says, ugh, straw? Yuck. And Noah says, I know, it's not ideal, but if you could try to make this one compromise, to not, for the duration of the time we're in the ark, to not eat any of the other animals on the ark, I'm sure that you will be rewarded once the flood is over. Indeed, we will call you the king of all beasts once the flood is over. If you just promise, don't eat that sheep. So the lion applied. And for the duration of the time in the ark, ate nothing but straw. But then Noah's son comes running to him another time and says, Ah, but you have to come quick. The elephants are playing tag. And they're about to capsize the whole boat. So Noah goes over to the elephants and says, Oi, elephants, what are you doing? You're going to capsize the whole boat. How can you be playing tag? And the elephants say, What do you mean? How can we be playing tag? We're playful animals. This is what we do. And Noah says, I understand that. But please, can I ask you a favor for the duration of the time we're in the ark? Can you set aside that dimension of your playful quality so that the ark doesn't tip over every time you run to the other side of the room? And the elephant's obliged. Noah thought he had resolved the problem until his son comes running to him again and says, Abba, you got to come quick. The monkeys, the monkeys are stealing food from all the other animals. So Noah goes over to the monkeys. And Noah says to the monkeys, like, guys, everybody's so upset because you're stealing all their food. And the monkeys say, we didn't mean any harm by it. We're just playful. We kid around. This is what monkeys do. We steal people's food. We don't mean to, to, to hurt them by it. And Noah says, okay. I understand this is part of your nature, but if you could just, for the duration of the time we're in the ark, pledge to not steal anybody's food, we'd really appreciate it. So the monkey said, okay, for the duration of the time we're in the ark, we'll pull back that part of our nature. We won't steal other people. Now the pigs, the pigs were a special problem. Because if any of you have ever been around pigs or seen pigs, you'll know that uh, pigs create a giant mess wherever they go. And you couldn't have that in these tight, closed spaces. Right? It's like the person who uh, 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 decides to eat uh, the, you know, take out Indian food on your airplane. Right? Uh, inevitably it happens <laughs> in the seat in front of you. Right? The pigs are a, big, are, are, are a big challenge. So Noah goes over to the pigs and says, guys, I know you're just, you're messy animals. I know this is how you live. But if you could, for the time that we're in the ark together, out of respect and courtesy to everybody else's living quarters and everybody else's living conditions, if you could please tidy up after yourselves. I'd really appreciate that. And the pig said, okay, that's reasonable, that's fair. For the duration of time when the ark will temper that part of our nature, we won't make as much of a mess, we'll clean up after ourselves, that way everybody can live uh, with respect. And the same thing happened with mosquitoes who were biting everybody and annoying everybody. And with the squirrels that were chewing through the wood of the ark. And the beavers, oh yeah, the beavers talk about chewing through the wood of the ark. And all the animals had to be discussed with Noah. Noah had to talk with all of them and get each of them to hold back a part of their nature so that everybody in the ark could ride out the duration of the storm together in harmony and in wholeness. But there was one animal that Noah realized posed a special problem. People. Because it turned out that while each of those animals 
exhibited one of these qualities that was part of that animal's nature and annoying to everybody else, or maybe even harmful to everybody else, the human beings uniquely had the capacity of exhibiting all of those qualities at once. They could be violent. They could be playful. They could also be thieves and steal and lie and hurt others and make a giant mess out of disrespect for others' living conditions. They could be annoying. They could be all of those things at once. So they posed a special problem for the ark. How do we get, unlike all the other animals that just had to curb one element of their being to live together on the ark, human beings have to curb any number of parts of their qualities, any number of qualities that they have in order to live in wholeness and in harmony and peace in this enclosed space. But it turns out that as much as it is true that human beings possess all of those qualities simultaneously, human beings also usually have the quality, the ability to transcend all of those elements of their most basic reality, to become more than just the sum total of all their animal parts. That is the power that human beings have. That's the ability that human beings have, and that's the lesson no one needed to learn on the ark. Maybe why God saved Noah on the ark, and had Noah be responsible for repopulating the human population, because only through realizing that dimension of human life could he then become the father of a new generation of human beings, to whom he could teach that lesson, that we had the capacity not just to set aside one dimension of our being because it impacts negatively on everybody else, but that we have the capacity to transcend ourselves, to build ourselves into better people, and by doing that, to make a better society, a better civilization, a better world for ourselves and for our children. That was the lesson that Noah needed to learn on the ark. That was the message that Noah was supposed to carry once the flood was over and it was his duty to repopulate. It's often remarked why God says to Noah what God says after the ark, after the flood is over. God says a couple things. First is, puts a rainbow in the sky. and says, this will be my sign to you that I will never again wipe out the earth. And God also says after the flood is over that human beings have the ability to eat animals, even though they couldn't, with a handful of very important caveats about how to properly kill and eat those animals. Later on, we know that system to be the system that Jews call keep. And those messages that God gives Noah after the flood encapsulate the whole lesson that, that God was trying to teach Noah and us. The rainbow, because the rainbow are all colors standing side by side. And in this ship that we're on, this ship that we call Earth, that means all of us, in order to live together in goodness and in righteousness, in justice and in peace, have a responsibility to live side by side, to hold together, even with those people who are different. And one of the ways we do that is through the message embedded in the eating rule, which is we have to curb certain aspects of our most basic selves. We have to set aside that part of us that is filled with our animal instincts that want to take whatever we want and eat whatever we want and do whatever we want to whomever we want because it benefits us. And instead, to take a step back and say, no, we, human beings, uniquely have the capacity to rise above. And as we enter into a Shabbat in which our world is aflame with violence, and in particular in our hearts on this Shabbat of unity with the state of Israel, we know 
vast for holding the people of the state of Israel in the hearts of the thoughts now praying and praying know that those less of the God in the world still know in order to have a position must live together. In order to live together, we must be